You are listening to the question cast. 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 Coming up on this episode. Everything is covered in a layer of, of moisture. Yes, karmic action figures. Uh, yeah. With the Kung Fu grip. We would become robots, automatons under God's control. Yeah. Walk away with rice and toilet bowl cleaner. That's kind of how I feel right now. <laughs> Nobody's rubbing skinny Buddha. Right. It's not rubbable. It's just chubby Buddha. We've got at least five listeners. I know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Question Cast. It is season two, episode four, and I am your friendly neighborhood chaplain, Mike, along with my co-host, Rafe. Big business. Wadley. And we're here uh, on our fifth episode already of the question cast in this new school year, season two. Uh, we are podcasting today from Amritsar in the Punjab region of northwestern India. Did you know that, uh, big business? Uh, my armpits know it because I am Sweaty. moist. <laughs> Everything is covered in a layer of, of moisture, including Rafe. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that we flew all the way to Amritsar, which we didn't, is because uh, we're going to start things off today. We're, we're all about India today to get things started because in my class, we're jumping headfirst into Hinduism and India uh, this week. So I thought I'd get ahead of the game a little bit and basically put you on the spot with a quiz, a couple quizzes for Indian religions that we're not going to cover in class. And then I might give my kids extra credit for listening and coming up with the answers. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hinduism is does comprise... 97% of Indian action. It's somewhere in the upper Is 90s. It 93.2? I don't know. There's like 14 trillion people there. And right, I, so. Yeah, uh, as we just saw on the map. But right. yeah, it, it, they say yeah, 97, 98% of India would say that they're Hindu. Interesting side note, I heard on NPR this morning that probably India's next president will be this man who is a hardcore militant Hindu, mm. part of the same group who's... Uh, Guy assassinated Gandhi back in the day. Oh yeah, I remember. Reading, but what? I'm imagining this guy's a little more chill. But who knows? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so that's one of those NPR stories that's interesting, right? As opposed to the yeah. the cost of maize in Nicaragua. <laughs> that's right. It turns out that the cost of maize in hang on, I got to get a little more spit sound in there. <clears throat> hang on a sec. Nicaragua. It turns out that the uh, cost of maize in uh, Nicaragua is uh, causing many of its elderly women to be concerned about their uh, their retirements and their pensions. For the next 20 minutes, we're going to talk about that while you fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start things off with a quiz the way we like to do. There's uh, two religions that originated in India that are not as well-known and not as humongous. And they are, can you guess what they are? Punjabism. Well, this one started in the Punjab, where we are, in my imagination. Uh, uh, and what is that? That's called... Sikhism. Yep, that's the one. Yes. And then the other one started elsewhere, uh, and it's even smaller, uh, but it's Indian in origin. It's Carnatic actionism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <These> little car- <laughs> karmic action figures. Yes, karmic action figures. Uh, yeah. With the Kung Fu grip. What's cool is if you lose one, then the, it, another one appears in your right, toy box. So you have an endless. Yeah. Oh, that's the truth. Yeah. That'd be nice, cool. wouldn't it? Karmic action figures. Right. <laughs> Except if they didn't perform well for you, they come back as a lamer figure. Like, ah, oh. As a Barbie. Oh, yeah. no. Ah. What happened? Sorry, feminist, if you're listening. Time. I didn't mean anything by it. Um, the other one is Jainism or Jainism, some people like to say. 
Yeah, so you didn't even know. So first things first, we're going to take a little Sikhism quiz. Also, by the way, people of the Sikh religion and culture uh, pronounce it Sikh. Sikh. Not Sikh, but they pronounce it Sikh here because they don't want to sound like they're saying, I am sick. Right. But if you ask them, you know, what religion or culture, they'll say, I am sick. So for practical reasons, yeah. we say Sikh. Yeah. But in fact. And I'm, that's straight from the horse's mouth. A, a Sikh gentleman told me that. He's like, we are sick, but we say Sikh, so nobody's confused in this country. And I said, okay, that, thank you. Like Nicaragua. <laughs> so we're going to test your knowledge of Sikhism. Uh, so select the correct answers, okay? Should I give you the multiple choice, or you just want to take a stab at it? No, I'll give you, I, I'll give you the option. All right. All right. Sikhism. By Big Business Wadley. Here we go. How many pages are there in the Guru Granth Sahib, which is their scripture? I know. 52, 1380, 1580, 1430. 52. 52 pages? All right. Sikhism was founded in <clears throat> Russia, Sri Lanka, ooh, careful there, Arabia, or India? Sri Lanka. Okay. Sikhism <laughs> was founded by Guru Ramdas, Guru Nanak Dev, Guru Gobind Singh, Guru Angad Dev. I know this one. I like I like how you punched Angad Dev, so I'm going with that one. Okay. Which of the following is the sacred text of the Sikhs? Bhagavad Gita, Guru Granth Sahib, Bible, Vedas. Vedas. You weren't listening. I told you that one already. I know. Uh, how many gurus did the Sikhs have? Five, 15, 11, or two? 11. I have no good reason to know that. The sixth place of worship is called the Gurdwara, Gurpurb, church, (laughs) or temple. I happen to know this is the Gurdwara. (laughs) That's right. Gurpurb. That's hard to say. Not the Gurpurb. I'm not making this up, kind listeners. This is on the quiz, and I did not write it. What was the name of the smallest child of Guru Guru Gobind Singh? I don't know if there's supposed to be two Guru Gurus there. I think that might be a typo. Smallest child of Guru Gobind Singh, was it Baba Fateh Singh, Baba Jujhar Singh, Baba Ajit Singh, or Baba Saraz Zorawar Singh? Uh, I like Baba Ajit Singh. Baba, <laughs> Baba, you know what I should do? I should sing. I should sing. What is the name of the place where Guru Gobind Singh was born? Amritsar, where we are in my imagination. Patna, Russia, or Delhi? Delhi. Dang it. What? <laughs> What is the name of the place in Delhi where Guru Teg Bahadur was beheaded? Fata Nagar, Rani Bag, Chandani Chowk, Punjabi Bag, or the beheading place? Ooh, well, that's gosh. not an option. I made the that second up. one because it's got Bog. <laughs> okay. You got six out of 20 questions correct. So what we've proven here is we know very little. Well, we might be a strong statement. You, I you know, very little know very little about, about Sikhism. Sikhism, although I know it's Sikhism. So, you know, go study up, and we'll see you next time in the Sikh quiz. One more just for fun. I came basics. all this way. I came all this way. All the way to Amritsar, and you, don't, know. you know that little about Sikhism? It's like the people that you see on, uh, you know, Price is Right. Come out. They yeah. walk away with rice and toilet bowl cleaner. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel right now. All right. The basics of Jainism. Here we go. Which of these is not commonly acknowledged principle of Jainism? Not commonly acknowledged. Racism, Satya, Ahimsa, Anekandavada. I hope it's not racism. I'm going, Adikandavada. Oh, man. No, it's racism. It's not a, a, a principle of... <laughs> oh, oh, not. Okay, sorry. I was backwards. <laughs> Samyag Darshan, Samyag Nan, Samyag Charitriya are known Whoa, as the... Slow ones. down there. What are those known as? The three jewels, the three thingy dudes, the three principles, the three pillars. The three pillars. <laughs> it's the three jewels. Dang it. <laughs> 
Oh, Jainism, we know so little about ye. What is the ultimate bliss called after all karmas have been destroyed? Listen close. Mohanya Upapat Moksha or Kavagam. <laughs> Moksha. Yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> it's the same in Sikhism, by the way. Sikhism, Jainism, and Hinduism all call it Moksha. <gasps> I know. How does one attain Moksha? Through benevolence towards all living beings, through making honor the first priority, through faith, or through benevolence to other humans? Uh, what? C. Through faith? Ding, no. Nope. He- benevolence to all humans. All living beings. And eating special leaves. What is a tirdankar? I don't know. Uh, a futuristic man who goes back in time to create Earth? Yes. A dead Yes, person. I want it to that be one? that. Okay. It's not, no. It's someone who's helped others on the path to liberation. Oh. According to Jain Beliefs, who was the founder of Jainism? Jain Beliefs here. Jain Beliefs. Okay. Lakshmi Devi Swami. It has existed forever. Or Parshwanath. The Swami. <laughs> Sometimes big business chooses the wrong answer on purpose. I just go with whatever Bugs Bunny would say. <laughs> According to most non-Jain historians like us, who founded Jainism? Was Andre it the Jain? Mahavira, Parshwanath, Bharat, or Bob? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, what was C again? Bharat. That's I'm going Bharat. No, it's not right. It's Mahavira. Obviously, you don't know that? Oh, I knew on. that. It's common knowledge. Not Andre the Giant? Are there gods in Jainism? Yes, there is one. Jainism doesn't know. Yes, there are many. No, there are none. Well, if they're kind of hanging in the same hood as the Hindus, I'm saying they got some gods. Yeah, there are Maybe many. one god built into Voltronic um, <laughs> there are, comp- there are many. componentry. There are many. But gods are not all-powerful. Sweet. Yeah. Which of the following foods can can be eaten by giants? Root vegetables, meat, dairy products, or honey? Uh, can be. Everything else they can. Can be root vegetables. That's what I thought, and that is wrong, wrong. What What do they eat? It's dairy products. Meat, honey, and root vegetables are off limits. Jeez. Well, These people, they're, they they got to be a farty crew. No beets for them. What are the two main sects of Jainism? Tibetan and Indian? Republican and Democratic? Orthodox and conservative, or Shvetambar and Digambar? Shvetambar and Digambar. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Your results, or our results, I suppose. Six out of 20. We scored a 37.6%. Hey. So, together, if we average our quizzes, we're in the lower 30% range. Do you think people from other countries know more about other countries than we know I about other countries? I almost guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. Be- well, we're kind of in people's face culturally. Sometimes. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not ears open so much as mouths open. <laughs> but that's There's okay. We're we trying. Two ears and one mouth. But with uh, the question cast, we can start to change that. That's right. We're trying to listen with our ears. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the question cast, it is time to pull out the box of mystery. It's gotten bigger. It's wow. Huge. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And we actually have some extra credit questions that were submitted by my class this week. So we only have a few, but they're good ones. And they submitted them because uh, as extra credit because we didn't do any new material. So here we go. Here is number one. There are rumors that in Buddhism, if you rub the Buddha's statue's belly, you will have good luck. Is that true and why? It is true. It is true? Because that's true. Because you did it one time and then you won the lottery? 
Well, I mean, is it true? Can we ever ask, I mean, in a religion class, is that question uh, valid? Is that a valid question? Ooh, in an academic religion right. class? Right. I'm afraid, questioner, I cannot tell you that, academically speaking. I can neither confirm nor deny the power of the tummy. Yeah, I think any time where, uh, I think this subject matter inherently sort of uh, probably the true or false questions aren't going to be the most fruitful. Yeah, yeah. But we can we can yap about it anyway. Absolutely. Second. Where does that uh, where does that um, concept come from? Is that a religious concept or is that a kind of a folk? Uh, let's concept? go here. I understand. Let's go here. There is a difference between religious faith, I think, and superstition. Absolutely. And the main difference is that superstition is a system of beliefs where one does something that guarantees something else, right? Mm. So you rub a rabbit's foot. And it supposedly guarantees you good you luck. Throw salt over your shoulder. Right, right. Uh, versus religious faith, which is um, uh, also faith, but not not a faith that is so cut and dry and concrete as to have guarantees right. attached to it. Uh, and so I would say that most true Buddhists would say, no, that's a fun superstition, and you know, uh, but it would be something that it wouldn't confirm as quote unquote true. As in, every time you do it, you will have good luck. Well, and skinny Buddha from. Uh, you India know, and India, and Indonesia, and <clears throat> not Indonesia, India, India, and but you see skinny Buddha statues in Japan. Nobody's example. rubbing skinny Buddha, right? It's not rubbable. It's just chubby Buddha. I think I think people just want to rub chubby Buddha because there it is. When you see that statue, you want to rub. Wanna it's wanna like rub rubbing tummy. a pregnant woman's tummy. You <laughs> well, know, it's just, I never want to do that, but I want to do it all. Well, you see the lots time. of pregnant women. That's another story. If you don't know, there's uh, a constant parade of them in and out of my house. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, so. Um, Rubbing his belly. Oh, also, when you rub his, which comes first, rubbing his belly or the smile on his face? That's what I want to know because he's always smiling in those statues. I think his smile is 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 via his enlightenment light, enlightened state, and I yes. think the rubbing is just one of the benny, the bennies. Trying to get the enlightenment to rub off on you. Get hey. It all right, so thank you, questioner. I never said who, who asked that question. Oh, yeah, who was that? Was it Robert Smith of The Cure? It was. Yeah, it was. he got in touch. He's been very curious. <laughs> oh, goodness. I went there, too. Here we go. This is one especially for big business. Wadley and this questioner, whose name is... Uh, Guru Gobind Singh. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. He asks, why is music used in some religions? go i'm gonna say i think music has the ability to sort of uh, transport people into higher level uh what, what would we call like a like a like an alpha state uh, a, a more focused um wow can i be more articulate about maybe this? you should listen to some music i mean i should listen <laughs> to some music and focus my answer music has a a transcendent quality I think it's similar to what people feel when maybe they go into what some people might call like a, a trance or a, a religious state. Uh, I think music gets our brains into sort of a similar state, and yeah. so they, they kind of go hand in hand. Yep, I agree. And you know who said something really interesting about music and when it comes to a spirituality? Of all people was Frederick Nietzsche. The, the nihilist? The nihilist who said God is dead. Right. He said, and I have it in a book, which I can't cite right now because I'm remembering this from like 15 years ago in college. But he said this, and I'll find it. If I'm I, ready. If, if anyone wants to challenge me, I will find it. He said music is the closest art form 
to spirituality because its product is incorporeal. I say I talk about that all the time. Constance, don't even lie. Before our concerts, what do I say? I say, we're about to pull something out of the air that doesn't exist. We make it, and then it goes away. Yep. It's one of the last forms of magic, mm-hmm. clearly uh, tangible in our world. Yeah, and for any of our scientifically-minded listeners, Nietzsche wasn't stupid. He knew <laughs> how music sound got created, and even when we know how, how sound works, like right now, uh, the... Um, the physical energy of the compression of the molecules in the air that is entering the microphone and being transferred into, into electrons. Electro- electromagnetic energy. Thank you, Mr. Bishop, who, by the way, is engineering today's podcast. Hey, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that was so loud. <laughs> um, even when that happens, once it's done, it's gone. And it, you can't touch it. You can't hang on to it. I uh, love really, that. You know, in and of itself. And it's, it's magical. It is magical. And so it I changes every right. time. Yeah. Like the same piece. Yeah. One moment it may not transport us, yep. and then we try it again with a different attitude, and it just changes the atoms of our existence. Yep. In terms of Hinduism, there is a form, there's a type of music that's supposed to help in the meditation process called ragas. Carnatic singing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, questioner. Can't remember your name, but thank you. All right. This was way back to more of a more of a sort of a monotheistic Abrahamic sort of system. Than I'm Hinduism. ready. This questioner, whose name is Paul, he says this. Why does God allow Satan to influence humans? If all Satan does is make us sin and God is almighty, why does God not stop him? Do you want my my uh, secular humanist view of this? You can give me both views. Okay. I th- I sort of have the gut sense that I think the concept of, of Satan might be a hu- more of a human construct maybe a personification of sort of as you describe, you know, you described hell once as being just a remo- uh, a, re- uh, a removal from God or like a, a, distance. a denial, a distance from God. I think uh, as people, I think we, we desire to kind of take those concepts and give them a face. I, I think, you know, and of course this is going very contrary to like scripture and all that, but I just don't have a sense of like an evil power working against whatever it is a god would be other than just humans and their and their just sort of fallibility mm-hmm. i just see satan as sort of a personification of our flaws yeah uh it's a good question it's a similar question to why does god allow us to sin why does god allow us to fall down and sin and the the big overarching answer is because if he didn't we would not be free beings yeah and so whether or not satan is real a real spirit, spiritual force or is just a sort of a a personification of of our own tendency to be godless. Uh, in any case, the reason I think that these religions who believe in that would allow it is because if God didn't allow it, we would become robots, automatons under God's control, and there's no relationship there. But God, the God of of the religions that teach about Satan, values of free will relationship, one that you choose, uh, and not one that you're forced to do. So it's like if you get married, but your wife had no options it wouldn't really be a marriage it's a shotgun wedding yeah it's not as romantic <laughs> there's something it loses something yeah a couple more why not hey it's hey do it yeah these guys are chill they'll just come in what's up arish what's up connor hey. yeah it's advisory coming up um actually i got one more big one i saved this to the end it's on the smallest card but it's the biggest question and the question is this do you think religions benefit human beings and the answer doesn't have to be either or it can be both and well, and I often ask this question 
I think, of course, they do. I've seen it with mine own eyes. Be beneficial. But I wonder if I have the scales of religion being a good thing and religion being a pain in the butt for humanity, historically, all things being equal. I don't know. Sometimes I question the uh, where we're at. There is, are the scales. Is it balanced? Maybe is it tipped in one way or the other? I, I I'm suspicious a little bit of uh, where we're at with that. Fair enough. I uh, clearly religion benefits people. We see it every Obviously, day. Obviously, yes. Uh, clearly, it can be harmful to people. We see that almost every day as well. Crusades, y'all. But yeah, again with the crusades. I know everybody talks about the crusades. There's other crusades. Why don't since we're sitting here in Amritsar, India, why don't we let's instead of referring to the Crusades, which yes. is really really tired, let's find another. Let's talk about persecution. the Sikh Hindu Muslim conflicts in India. Right, and those are some bloody, long, bloody, long conflicts. Yeah. So it happens outside of just it the does. Crusades as well. It does. It does. Um, it's just the Crusades had cool helmets and the whole thing. It was well, and we're we're of European descent, so that's so the we're more. Yeah. If we were from India, that we would probably think of the other ones first. I, you got your Crusades everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes and no, obviously, for this question, does it benefit human beings? And the, the second part of it is um, that, like many things, when you begin to quantify it, it loses some of its magic uh, or organize it, right? Right. But the paradox of being human is you have to organize it. If you don't organize it, it's nothing. If you do organize it, it loses something. That's what I call a paradox. And so the best way to approach religion, and this is true, I think, of politics, and it's true, let's say, of relationships like marriage, which is a quantified relationship. Right? It is. As you approach it, even though it's been quantified, you, you, you can't let that quantification help uh, drive you to taking it for granted, right, or not being intentional about it. And that's what happens to religion. Once it becomes organized, people take it for granted. They don't lean into it as much. They're not as intentional about it, and it becomes broken. They lean on the framework. Mm -hmm. And they don't remember the spirit of the whole thing to begin with. I can dig it. Hey, can I have everybody in uh, Big Business? That's his nickname this week. He has a new nickname every week. Can I have everybody in biz Big Business's um, advisory do me a favor real quick? Can you all shout at the top of your lungs, um, we love the question cast? Three, two, one. If you don't, two, I don't care. It doesn't have to be true. Do you work. hear all those fans? That was insane. Listen, listen to that. We've got at least five listeners. I know. Uh, to the question. We should end this episode with a little freestyle. Religion is kind of tricky. Sometimes it's sweet. Sometimes it's sticky. But we're going to talk about it every week. Sometimes if you don't have an onion, just use a leek. <laughs> Yay! Yeah! Oh, my God. That's that a great way to finish. We'll so see you uh, uh, next week at episode six. We're going to have a special guest guaranteed next week. No no, no uh, spoilers on this one. Okay. Special guest next week. Special quiz. It's going to be awesome. Tune in. This is Chaplain Mike Moffat and Rafe. Big, Big business. business. Wadley. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to these two silly boys. You are probably a better person for it.